What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast here with another announcement of Summer Porch Tour. You guys already knew that. Dude, this is the biggest weekend until the next weekend, but this is a pretty big weekend. You know why? I got the the, the, the views of the fresh-cut grass from what's going to be the Summer Porch Tour tailgating central access point of America. So I don't care where the fuck you live. Come to Tennessee, Bon Aqua, this Saturday, and come tailgate with me and Andy Malafarina, who are going to be walking around that crisp-cut grass tailgating area, mooching up some hot dogs and drinking some beers. I might actually buy myself a tailgate while I'm driving down there, buy myself some beef and be out there running my own tailgate. We might not even do a show. I might just get a hammer tailgate and pass out, and that's a pretty good evening itself. Summerportstore.com, Bon Aqua on Saturday, Peckin, Indiana, Friday night, and then uh, Birmingham, Alabama on Sunday. Come hang out. All right, let's get into some news topics, dude. We got an old-school COVID episode coming at you guys, and I know you guys are bored with COVID. I'm bored with COVID, too. We were right. They were wrong. But guess what? I'm still waiting on my trophy. I'm still waiting for Fauci himself to show up and knight me as the most rightest person that ever existed. I'm still waiting for there to be lines of women who have found my address, who are knocking down my door, looking for that premium unvaxxed sperm. I'm looking for when that business takes off. And then, by the way, new thing, they're letting gay guys give blood again, so we're going to take the profits from the premium unvaccinated sperm and create the white heterosexual blood market of America, which I'm not saying that the other blood's bad, but I'm just saying there might be a market for the other product, and we might as well, as good capitalists, bring to market premium unvaccinated sperm to maybe also be able to profit off of other people's racist thoughts, not our racist thoughts, but we're just willing to accept the fact that if uh, there's probably some people that don't want gay blood in them. I'm not saying anything's wrong with gay blood. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I'm just saying that there might be a market of people who prefer not gay blood, and I would love to sell them that product just to, from a pure capitalism standpoint. All right, we're, we're already venturing off course from uh, the fact that, listen, COVID's long over. We never even really, uh, you know, we, we, we did us the whole time. Uh, but I did come across a series of videos the other day uh, from a Zero Hedge article, which is uh, out in Australia. I guess, uh, you know, they went the most authoritarian over there. And now everyone's probably mad at those politicians because the whole thing didn't work out. And so they're actually giving Pfizer a hard time. Now, as to why they're asking these questions now makes no sense. You would think before approving the product, that's when you would have those conversations. You would sit around and you'd go, all right, you're telling me we need this product. Is it going to stop infection? You're telling me you're going to need this product. Is the thing safe? You'd think that's on the politicians that before you buy a card, you're just like, hey, does this thing actually have an engine in it? Is this thing actually going to move? And if you mandate that everyone's got to buy the thing, well, you're at fault, too, for not asking the questions. Nevertheless, it's it was still caught my eye. As a person who's done with COVID, I'm bored of the topic. I did all the broadcasts. I did all the research. And I'm still waiting for my medal from Fauci, recognizing me as the greatest broadcaster that ever lived. I'm waiting for my trophy. And then I'm also waiting for the hordes of women who want to buy premium unvaccinated sperm so that I could also find my white heterosexual blood market. I got big plans, people. This is, I hope you got vision boards with dreams like this because you got to think big in order to go big or otherwise nothing's ever going to happen for you. Uh, so anyways, I understand that we've already spoken the most amount of COVIDs. We've all moved on. We were overwhelmingly right. People were overwhelmingly wrong. 
Uh, but nevertheless, I was getting juiced up while watching all these videos of watching these little Pfizer people squirm and lie some more. And so we're, uh, we're going to watch them, a whole bunch of them. And you can skip this episode if you're over all the COVID stuff. But before you do, go to summerportstar.com, buy tickets, travel, come tailgate, and of course support the sponsors. Uh, let's go with yodelta.com, the only place where you're going to get yourself a big-ass bag of watermelon slices that can get you high for really long periods of time. I've been munching on these things. You guys hear me talk about them every trip I go on. I pack myself water, one watermelon slice as emergency getting high supplies. If no one's showing up after shows, no one's got no joints, no one's offering the king any bags, baggies of little weed, it's okay. I've got a watermelon slice that I can munch on when I get back to my hotel room, and all I'm going to need is one little nibble of this thing, and I'll be good to go. All right, so first video came across my feed yesterday was uh, Bill Gates, who, by the way, in Bonacqua, Tennessee, this Saturday for Porch Tour, we're going to get the Bill Gates update of all the nefarious stuff that he's getting into. Uh, but before we watch, you know, these Pfizer people squirm in their seats, continue to lie, and then the politicians who are two years late to asking very simple questions, why not watch this Bill Gates video to give us a little bit of hope? You know, this was an interesting trust, uh, a case test of people's trust in their politicians or their health systems. And, you know, statistically, uh, we didn't do as well as I would have expected. You know, in fact, you know, I'm cited as some, you know, mastermind of some evil yeah, plot uh, in many, many cases. So, no, I didn't expect any of that. Uh, you know, in some ways, the politicization of, you know, taking vaccines and helping protect other people, um, you could almost say that's a step backwards. You know, I hope vaccine acceptance for other diseases like measles is not reduced by this. But, you know, a lot of people jumped in and took the vaccines, but a meaningful minority in most countries were led down a path of believing that not only, you know, was there were there rare side effects, but that the vaccine wasn't uh properly tested or was part of some evil conspiracy you see they just couldn't think that anyone wouldn't buy their lies they thought that they were all so overwhelmingly and mightily powerful that everyone would accept it and now even they're realizing like shit we actually had a good built-in product with all these other vaccines we had a pretty good system going. We had everyone that just trusted us, and maybe that was one of the most profitable years we ever had because we were sticking and jabbing everyone, making billions of dollars. But I don't know if that was worth ruining our core product that now everyone's showing up to hospitals and they go, hey, we've got these 40 needles we got to shove into your kid before we can release your three-year-old baby three, day, three days in who probably won't confront any of the diseases that we're about to shove these needles in their arms for. And now people are starting to think, hey, do I really want a baby walking out of this hospital with just, you know, the, the full spinal cord of needles coming out the back of this baby? Is that really what I want for my, for my two-year-old baby? He's like, shit, we might have ruined our profit margins on our core vaccine product by labeling this gene therapy as being a vaccine. And we had no idea that the entire world wouldn't just cater and listen to us. That's the problem when you sit around at the World Health Organization with your little crew of evil people is that you think uh, everyone's just going to listen to you. And then sometimes it turns out that they won't. All right. Next video we got up. So this was uh, this entire lineup was from a Zero Hedge article. Uh, your injections are killing our people. Pfizer Moderna reps slammed 
during heated Aussie Senate hearing. Once again, I don't know why this hearing didn't take place prior to the release, but you got your two uh, representatives from Pfizer here just to answer some simple questions from uh, members of the Australian government. Uh, so, you know, let's uh, let's give it a watch. Read that uh, your vaccine mandate was using your own batch of vaccine, especially imported for Pfizer, which was not tested by the TGA. Is that correct? Uh, Senator, so Pfizer undertook to import um, a, a batch of vaccine specifically for the employee vaccination program. I mean, yes, you're going to see that. Everything's going to be super slippery from this guy who looks like the uh, G-man from Half-Life and talks in that perfect way where it all seems to magically sound like roses and peaches and things that you would want in your life. But apparently, at least for the Pfizer uh, uh, employees living in Australia, they got a different vaccine. Why? Was it even a vaccine? Did you guys see those videos yesterday? Uh, it was making the rounds also. I don't know if I played this on the show of Trudeau. There was this, uh, I actually think uh, RFK Jr. put it out, where they were sticking Trudeau with shots that looks like it's pretty clearly that it was like a retractable needle because they weren't holding his arm, they weren't gripping it, they were just just like kind of gently pressing it in a way that, you know, I guess unless you were a lifetime of uh, heroin in the same unbelievably uh, predominant vein that just so many needles had come into that it didn't need any force whatsoever, that video definitely looked like a retractable needle that they were stricken to do with. And here you have it, Pfizer, you know, question being, did you guys vaccinate everyone with something different than what you gave to everyone else that you were vaccinating? And the answer, yes. I mean, he said it in a more poetic way of, yes, we did, uh, we did in fact get a, uh, special import specific, well, what was the difference between those two vaccines? And why is it that you needed a special imported vaccine as opposed to the ones that you were given to the rest of them? Sounds pretty damn shady. All right, moving forward, we're, 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 we're dropping bombshells already. Red. And here you guys were thinking that COVID was boring and that it was over. All right, now we got a question um, about... Dr forced mandates for people to take vaccines. Through, you actually made a comment that no one was forced to have the vaccination. Mm. Who made the comment? Was it Dr. Thur? I, I believe Dr. I Thur? made that comment. You made that comment? Right. Mm -hmm. You were in Australia during COVID-19. You must have been fully aware that people, nurses, doctors, people to have their jobs, to keep their jobs, were forced to have the vaccination. Now, do you retract your statement that they were not forced? Uh, Senator, no, I, I believe firmly that nobody was forced to have a vaccine. Mandates or vaccine requirements are determined by governments and health authorities. I believe everybody was offered an opportunity to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine. I don't believe that anybody was forced. There you go. Those were government mandates and government mandates aren't force. I don't believe that to be force. What we did as a private company is we just made the things available. So if people wanted to take them, they could take them. Now, government might have came in and your, your complaint might be with the government that created the mandates off the false information that we gave them. But we didn't create the mandates. You guys created the mandates. That was you guys. And by the way, I wouldn't call mandates force. Force doesn't sound good. No one likes the word force. So no, I wouldn't see that as forced. I would just see it as a opportunity for those that wanted to take something to take it. And for those that didn't, 
to get sent to camps. Wasn't there footage in Australia of a lady getting, like, choked out on the street and then another one of, like, the people not even being allowed on the porches of their little infected bungalows? But no, that wasn't force. I mean, being told that you can't work your job unless you get this thing, even if you were a nurse and you were already infected with your... That wasn't force. I wouldn't call it that. That doesn't sound good. Let's use a different word, like given the opportunity. That sounds better to me. Forced to take a vaccine. A lot of Australians will disagree with you on that one. Um, doc Complications and those adverse events, and we do include them into our global pharmacovigilance database. So that manuscript would have been assessed by our pharmacovigilance This is a new video. And the information from it would have been taken into account and evaluating uh, so, the risk of our vaccine. So, so what, 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 is your, uh, what is Moderna's overall rate of serious adverse events and how does that compare with routine vaccinations was the question. Uh, Let's pause. Great question. Hey, you work over at Moderna. We're doing a review on this thing. Can you just tell us about the adverse events compared to other vaccines? Now, once again... You think you want to ask this question before you approve the thing and then you shut down countries on behalf of the thing and then you force people to get the thing. You would think as politicians that that would kind of like all of these questions, very good questions. And maybe you would just ask them before you purchase the product as opposed to two years later. But, you know, at least they're asking the relevant questions two years later. I mean, I guess at some point in time, at least they're asking them. And now that it's been two full years later, clearly the Moderna guy would know the answer to such a simple question. I mean, you guys were trusting the scientists. You've had to do your homework. You've had to do your research. Now we've had two years of ap actual application of the product. Surely you must have a simple answer to this question about adverse events as it compares to other vaccines. Let's give it a listen. Um, so um, I, I, I don't have the actual rates of adverse events. Um, to you don't, you don't have the rates of adverse events in I front can, of you. If you just, I can refer to the, uh, obviously I can refer to the product information. What I can tell you, uh, is that the rates of serious... I also, I love the, what I can tell you. I know that you had a specific question and I can't possibly answer that, but what I can tell you is something that's completely irrelevant and different and just gets me away from the original question. Adverse events in our, in our uh, very large randomized controlled trials was actually um, uh, in, a, in, a, in a similar range to what was observed in the placebo. But you don't, you can't... <laughs> question. Hey... What were the adverse events of your product, and how would that compare to a vaccine? I can't possibly answer that for you, but what I can tell you is a comparison between the adverse events and the placebo. What? You can't tell me the rates of serious adverse events. You realize you've come to a Senate hearing today for the purposes of exactly that question, and you can't tell me the rates of serious adverse reactions to your product, which I find extraordinary. What I, can, what I can tell you is that... Oh, there is something that he can tell us. That's the good news. Hey, you were brought here today specifically to discuss the adverse events, and you're telling us that you can't give us any information about it. So let's find out what he can tell us about. Uh, on the TGA website, there are, it reports there are 1.2 reports. Uh, That's the TGA. I'm not asking about the TGA. I'm asking about Moderna. You, you, you must have that information. You are a multinational company. You're before a Senate inquiry, and you cannot tell me the rates of serious adver I mean, it's quite extraordinary what you're telling me. Nobody can tell me that. I can provide that information um, uh, on notice. Um, I, I, I just... what, I, what, I, what I can tell you is that we have observed, in our clinical trials, we observed no safety concerns. There were no imbalances of 
serious adverse events, uh, adverse events of special interests, or, or, or deaths between the uh, between the uh, vaccine group and the placebo group. Chair, uh, Chair, I think we're wasting our time here. Thank you. You can have the call back. There you go. All right. Let's watch the next one. Like I said, two years too late, too late, but you are getting some bombshells here, and hopefully we get to see a similar uh, procedure in the U.S. I don't know specifically who these Pfizer representatives are, but bring in, uh, bring in the bur burlap or whatever that guy, the vampire, Israeli vampire uh, carpet salesman person is. Let's bring that guy in, and let's ask all these similar questions, such as was it studied for infection? How bad is it? How much information do you guys know about these heart problems? Uh, which brings us to, I believe, this next uh, line of inquiry, which uh, is, let's just say, interesting. Uh, thank you. I'm Senator Canavan. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, gentlemen, uh, for appearing today and your evidence. Um, did Pfizer test whether your COVID-19 vaccine uh, could stop or reduce the transmission of the virus before its approval and rollout in late 2020? Senator, to bring this vaccine to patients, we were required to show that the vaccine was safe and effective in preventing illness. Look at that skirting it, by the way. We never, the answer is no. We didn't test it for infection. I know we shut everyone down, kept them in their house, and said that this would prevent you from getting other people sick. But no, that's not actually what the government, that's what the government needed us to say in order to market the thing and then lock everyone else in their homes so that they can make sure that Donald Trump didn't get reelected or whatever other nefarious scheme the global elites were actually going for. We just needed to make sure to get this into everyone's arms so that they would be allergic to consuming meat in a near point in future. We just needed to get this into everyone's arms so that we could shut down the American economy. I don't know what the what these people were actually going for. But no, we weren't actually testing anything in regards to preventing infection. That's not what we were going for here. We just had to prove that it was safe and effective. In preventing severe disease and in preventing hospitalizations, the primary purpose of vaccination was and remains to protect the person who received the vaccine. I'll just repeat the question. I appreciate that, but there hasn't been an answer to it. And perhaps I might just add into the record that on the 3rd of December 2020, your CEO, Mr Albert Burla, told NBC News, and I quote, I th when he was asked whether vaccinated people could carry and spread the virus, he responded to NBC News that, and I quote, I think this is something that needs to be examined. We are not certain about that right now. So was Mr Burla correct that as of December the 3rd, 2020, Pfizer did not know whether the vaccine could stop or reduce the spread of the virus? Senator, as with all vaccines seeking regulatory authorization, the requirement is to demonstrate in robust clinical... There you go. One answer to the question. We just had to demonstrate it was safe and effective. And yeah, we didn't know if it was good for infection, but that's the only thing we didn't know. In terms of the safety, I mean, we knew everything about this. It wasn't rushed. It wasn't a new technology. You didn't have to have any of those concerns. And sure, there were basic questions that we couldn't answer about it, but that's not because we don't have a full understanding of the product programs that the vaccine is safe and effective in preventing the infection and in this case in preventing severe disease and hospitalization by the way this is where organizations like the fda uh actually you know somewhat i'm talking above my pay grade right here but if you just had a free market and the company could just roll out a product and then if the product was bad you could sue them they would have to be careful about what they were rolling out 
But if they can roll out a product and the FDA will stamp it as being safe and effective so that anytime there's ever a question about it, they can just point to the FDA and go, well, we just had to show that it was safe and effective. And then safe and effective becomes almost just a term that you use, that it's, a, it's like a technical label of safe and effective. 99 out of 100 people could be dying and the FDA could give it the technical label of safe and effective. Well, that has the technical label of safe and effective. We just had to approve. We just had to get that stamp of safe and effective and they gave it to us. So we did our part. We got the safe. And is it true that it was killing 99 out of 100 people? Well, the FDA labeled us as safe and effective, and that's all we needed in order to bring this to the market and to have zero liability about our product and then force everyone to take it. But we weren't forcing them to take it. We were working with governments just to give people the opportunity. I might just give you one more. Sorry to interrupt, but I've got very little time. I've got five minutes. So is it yes or no? Did you test whether the transmission would be reduced or stopped? before the approval of the, the vaccine? Senator, we designed our clinical programs in agreement with regulatory agencies. There you go. The answer is no. The answer is no, but they can't say that. No, we worked together with government to create something that could get the technical label of safe and effective so that we can make massive amounts of profits. That's the answer. The purpose of which was to demonstrate the vaccine was safe and effective in preventing infections. Okay. All right, we might, we might just move on then. Uh, thank you. Um, Senator Canavan. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, for uh, Thank you, um, Senator Canavan. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, gentlemen, uh, for appearing today on your evidence. Um, did Pfizer test whether your... All right, this is, I believe, uh, relative to the, the heart stuff that I was teasing before, but I had the, uh, I thought the neck, the wrong video was showing up. So here we People go. People were forced to take a vaccine that you said, and you've said today, was effective in preventing infection. And that's not the real world data. The real world data showed that almost 50% of the population, despite being vaccinated twice, if not three times, caught COVID. And you've just said it's very difficult to measure the duration. So are you going to retract the statement that the vaccine was effective? Because you've basically contradicted yourself already. Senator, the virus had uh, approval for the prevention of infection, for the prevention of severe disease and the prevention of hospitalisation, despite the fact that the virus had evolved, had mutated significantly, vaccination remained significantly effective against severe disease and hospitalisation for prolonged periods. Okay, I'll move on to safety. Thank you. May I, may I say something? I, I actually uh, reject your statement that people were forced to take the vaccine. Initially, when the vaccine was rolled out, myocarditis and pericarditis... It was just an opportunity. All right, here comes the better question. Here we go. ...myocarditis wasn't a recognised side effect. Does Pfizer understand why the vaccine causes myocarditis and pericarditis? And if not, how then can it guarantee that it's not also injuring other organs? And can you explain the process why the vaccine causes myocarditis and pericarditis? Pretty bombshell question. I don't think it needs much commentary, but it's pretty bombshell. Can you explain to me why this is causing these problems? And if you can't, then how can you possibly know that it isn't causing other issues? Let's go. I'll take that, Dr. Hewitt. Sure. Um, based on our clinical trials and pharmacovigilance data, as well as real-world evidence following the distribution now of, of billions of doses of vaccine, we retain confidence, strong confidence in the safety profile of the vaccine. So, sorry, Chair. Once again, won't answer the question. 
That's a, that's a very good question. Hey, some people are pretty specifically getting myocarditis and periocarditis. And of course, the Australian guy, when he says this, it sounds like they're fucking monsters out in the jungle. It sounds like he's describing different kinds of tarantulas that you might confront. But anyways, when I talk like a normal human being, it sounds more dignified. And so, specific question. Hey, it's clear that some people are getting myocarditis. Can you explain why they're getting myocarditis? And if you can't explain it, then how can you be sure that you know everything about this and that it's actually safe and that maybe it isn't actually damaging other organs and we just haven't, I guess, qualified, quantified, or seen that yet? But if you can't explain as to why this problem exists, how can you be sure that there aren't other problems here? I've ordered, I've asked, do you understand why it causes, I know that it's a low risk, I'm asking, do you understand why it causes myocarditis? I want you, I want you to explain to me why it causes myocarditis. Do you Isaac, understand why it causes myocarditis? Pfizer is aware of very rare reports of myocarditis and pericarditis that have been temporarily associated with vaccination. Well, that's However, still ongoing for some people. Senator Reddick, Dr. Threw should answer the question. Thank you, Dr. Threw. According to public health experts and regulatory authorities around the globe, the number of reports of myocarditis remains small. I'm not referring to the number of reports. I want you to explain to me the mechanism of how the vaccine causes myocarditis. Do you or do you not understand the mechanism of why the vaccine causes myocarditis? It looks to me like you don't. And if you don't understand it, why are you saying the vaccine is safe? without qualifying the risks. So, um, Senator Rennick, I think uh, Dr. Theroux is actually about to get to that point. Whether people agree, whether there's agreement to his evidence or not is another question for others to make a judgment on. Um, but if By the way, I don't know uh, Australian politics, but this guy's clearly dirty too, because he's not addressing this point. He's just saying, oh, it's very rare. We, we understand that it's rare, but the uh, government agencies have said that it's still safe and effective uh, despite the rarity of this. The other guy's question is, well, if you don't understand this, can't there be other risks that you also don't understand? Dr. Threw, if you could uh, again go to um, Senator Rennick's uh, question. Senator, uh, all medicines, all therapeutic products and vaccines have uh, benefits and have side effects as well. Looking at the totality of the evidence for Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, uh, regulatory authorities, health authorities, experts globally, including in Australia, within the Department of Health and the TGA, have maintained that the benefit... Understand, won't answer the question. Just, hey, your own agencies labeled this safe and effective. We got that title that we needed, so I'm here to remind you, you maybe want to go talk to the government agency that declared this safe and effective because uh, as far as we're concerned, we're just a company. We created a product. That's our job. And then, you know, we got to bribe and do all these other things to make sure that even if it doesn't work, people will call it safe and effective. But at the end of the day, they give us the safe and effective title. So you better go investigate them as to why they did so. Risk ratio. That's not the question that I asked. I asked, <laughs> can you explain why the vaccine causes myocarditis? Yes or no? Uh, Senator, the benefit risk. Yes profile. or no? I think we've seen enough of this. People one. were forced right. to take I a vaccine that uh... you said and you've said today was effective. Oh, in. That's the last one. But you guys can go look up that article. There are other videos there. I thought that these were the uh, the most interesting of them. And like I said, I know COVID's over. It's already boring. We already know all this information. But, you know, it's nice to watch these uh, Pfizer people have to squirm a little bit. And uh, hopefully, you know, the world actually sees this shit and goes, wait, what the fuck?
Maybe enough people realize, wait, what the fuck? And then they can actually start parading these people in, start doing a full investigation, which I guess the next question becomes. So every Pfizer person comes in and you go, hey, listen, the government said safe and effective. We did our part and we got them. And then maybe we have to start investigating government as to why did they say safe and effective? And why is it that you would mandate such a product if uh, it doesn't even uh, prevent uh, infection? Well, we were we thought that it did. Well, then how are you fooled? And why would you create such mandates if you're not even aware of such information? And then hopefully we come up with a mechanism where we can legally hang people. I'm, I'm not saying anyone should just be hung. I'm just saying we should actually have trials and we should find people guilty. And maybe this new uh, Donald Trump thing of defrauding the American public uh, can apply to things that are actually affect our lives. Uh, such as, you know, shutting down businesses, forcing people to stay homes. And, well, listen, we all lived it, and I yelled about it for two years. But it's I, I guess it's nice, even two years too late, to ask some of the relevant questions. I don't know why you would ask them now as opposed to before the product being put out. Maybe, at least for the good of all human beings, we could start documenting the reasonable questions that you would ask and the approvement, approval of new drugs, and then we could start asking those questions up front. So like the questions would be, well, how does your product work? What proof do you have that it works? Which includes things like preventing infection. Hey, you're saying that this prevents infection. So does it? Do you have the evidence of that? Do you have the evidence that it might be creating harm? Do you understand the harm that it is creating? Is there a possibility that there's other harms that we haven't even qualified? Like just common sense. I mean, start taking notes now. World government leaders, in terms of like approving new stuff, maybe what we can do is just start documenting the questions you're asking now and then just start asking them two years earlier. You know, it, it, for all of these topics where the truth comes out two, four, five years later, maybe we could just like take those questions that are very good and then just do them when they're relevant. And then the world would be a better place. All right, that's our episode coming out. Summer Port Store, Peckin, Indiana, uh, uh, outside of Nashville, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And then next week, I am out west for two full weeks. Tickets are moving pretty good. I like you guys out west. I'll start spending more time out there. We got Portland, Oregon, Seattle. Last year, I sold out Seattle, and that one might sell out again. So get your tickets in advance. Don't just sit around and wait for tickets because you might find out that that backyard's actually sold out. Um, Salt Lake City, Plenty of tickets there because I've barely advertised that one. But get your tickets. Reno. Had a, lot, had a lot of fun in Reno last time. Hopefully I'll play some craps again. Back in Denver. Denver might sell out. I've sold out Denver before. Don't be sleeping in Denver. Uh, and then we're going to be back at the East Coast. Back at Max's, which is kind of heart and, heart, heart and soul of Summer Porch Tour. And then, of course, you know, we can't do full episodes about topics like this without the support of companies like YoKratom.com, YoDelta.com, and SheathUnderwear.com, the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. Support the sponsors. If you're a pothead, go load up on your YoDeltas if you're over the age of 21. If you're out there with stinky, sweaty nuts that are sticking your legs and you thought that there would never be a solution to said problems, just go to SheathUnderwear.com, grab the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. You use promo code RYM. You're going to get yourself 20% off that is it for today later deeds hope you enjoyed